You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. All right. What is the time value of the banking function? We are super excited to be joined today again for his second appearance on the Wealth Without Bay Street Park podcast, Mr. Sarblo Gill. Mr. Sarblo Gill. Yay! Sarblo! Now, uh, Sarblo, if you don't know, is an authorized infinite banking practitioner with the Nelson Nash Institute. He is a coach. He is a team leader here uh, at Ascended Financial and uh, is an exceptional practitioner of this process. Sarblo, welcome back. It's good to have you again. Thank you, Jason, and thank you, Richard. It's always good to be here. Um, although me and Jason were like 10 feet apart, but we don't get to hang out much, so this is how we hang out. Well, it's because of <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the COVID-19 global pandemic. <laughs> we're in day, I think now we're in day 842,224 of the uh, global pandemic. And so, you know what we have been doing, Rich, in all of our episodes? I just dropped my pen. You see how that really didn't phase me at all? <laughs> it's very different than dropping some knowledge, which will also happen. That is episode. going to happen. And one thing that we have been wanting to express on all of our episodes, especially as of late, is to express our sincere gratitude, our sincere thanks to everyone who is on the front line, first responders, those who are working um, tirelessly in healthcare on the front lines. And so if that's you, thank you sincerely. If you know a friend, uh, a colleague, a family member, someone uh, who is in the, that profession working the front lines and, and being so selfless, thank you sincerely. We appreciate you more than we can ever articulate. We kid around about the restrictions and things of that nature, but it's nothing to kid around about. And um, we appreciate you. So thank you. Sarblo, let's dive in. What is the time value of the banking function? Take it away. Thank you, Jason. <clears throat> you know, growing up and learning from parents, learning from financial gurus out there, everybody really talks about the time value of money. Mm. You know, what can money buy today? Let's call that present value of money. Okay. What can money earn in future? Let's call that future value of money. We always focus on that. Let's change your focus to oh, its time value of the banking function. Mm. And I want to use an example. So let's consider a family. And the family is making 150K per year as gross family income, which is very common. Okay. Right? Okay. Now, <clears throat> the family has some bills to pay when one of the most expensive bill is the mortgage. And on a monthly basis, they spend about $2,000 a month easy on a mortgage payment for a $400,000 house. And between husband and wife, they at least have two car payments. So combined mortgage and car, that's $3,000 a month, very easily in terms of just payments towards major things that they finance. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? And that financing is a banking function. Hmm. Now, $3,000 per month 
multiply by 12, that's $36,000 per year. That's, that's what they're spending on that. Now to earn $150,000 per year as gross income, they, they kind of have to go and work. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's no, uh, nobody's been able to point out the money tree in anyone's backyard that you can just go out and shake $150,000 out of. <laughs> I thought the money just showed up in my bank account. Sorry, I'm like, That's how <laughs> so, so to work, you got to exchange your time for money. And if you just look at the average family, you know, working 40 hours per week, and let's just, let's just give them two weeks off in a year where they don't really have to work. There's vacation and start and Christmas and New Year break. Okay. That leaves them with 50 weeks a year. So 40 by, yards. Sorry. By the way, I'm really happy to know that I'm above average. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm working so many more hours a week than the average family. So thank you for pointing that out for me. So yeah, that would be the equivalent of three, three families, three average families. <laughs> all, all of our business owner uh, <laughs> listeners are like, yep, I know what yep, that's all about. Really, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Sarblo. Sorry. We're, we're going to have, uh, for listeners, we, we like to have fun, especially when we're among friends. And so uh, carry on, Sarblo. Uh, I think combined between the three of us, we have a new average. It's, it's pretty high. So <laughs> so, so 40 hours per week, multiply 50 weeks, that's 2,000 hours a year, you would think, right? Right. Now I'm going to pull up my trusted calculator. <laughs> so 36,000 is what they're spending on payments. If I take 36,000 and I divide it by $150,000 is the income that they make. That's about 24% of the income being transferred away, which means 24% of the time that they're working in a year, they're working for the bank, someone else. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah, yes. See, I get it. That Yeah, the time value of the banking function. Okay, carry on. Yeah. Yes, this is good. Right, so time is of the essence. So you only have so much time in the year. And in our mind's eye, we think that we are actually going to work and produce all this to provide for a family, for our family's future, naturalizing the 24, 25, even more than that for some families that time is spent adding value to someone else's banking function. And I'm just considering, or we're just considering mortgage and two cars, just major items that we finance. We finance appliances, we finance home theater systems, furniture. Student In loans. Fact, it, sorry? Student loans. Student loans. Well, we, fi we finance everything that we buy. Yeah. Everything, and everything. Whether you pay cash, whether you lease, whether you finance, you truly are financing everything that you buy, even when you use your own cash and you pay for it. You've made a financing decision. You've decided to permanently give up the opportunity to earn interest on that money ever again. That is a financing decision. Do you think the bankers make that same financing decision? Not a chance. <laughs> no way. <laughs> And if, if you built on that, Jason, then it's not just 25% of their income that they're financing. It's it's all of it, almost almost 80, 90% of the money is just spend financing, right. which means 90% of the time spend per year is actually spent to profit somebody else's banking system. So what's the, what's the solution to that problem? Well, 
now that we know like on an average and that is a low average if you're spending 25 to 30 percent of your time producing profit for someone else's banking system don't we think it's worth taking some time of a busy life to understand that function so that we can truly spend 100 percent of that time for our family by controlling the banking function and the solution is what jason is showing <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so for our for our listeners driving in your car, that's a Jason just did the slow raise for the becoming your own banker book into the camera view, and uh, um, as he's as he's prone to do with a with a goofy look on his face, um, which I always appreciate. And what's really interesting too, as you as you share that, Sarlo, as I look at um, Mark Brown appreciates that look too. Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark Brown. <laughs> the 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 key Fool. of the key of the. Um, time connection that you've just made here. I really think that's a fascinating way of looking at it. And what that tells me, number one, is that you've been thinking on your thinking as Nelson would indicate. <laughs> and, you know, we often, we often look at, uh, you know, Nelson talked about in his book about, you know, the, the, his average North American, you know, family and earning, you know, $35,000 a year and 35% of every dollar was walking out the door towards interest. And a lot of that had to do with, the fact that we're constantly caught in the cycle, mm. we're refinancing, recycling dollars, and then, oh, hey, we got some equity in the house, boom, let's refinance it. And then, yeah, we might have a lower payment, but we just started off the calculation of the amortization of the interest at the front end all over again. And so Nelson really walked us through that in a number of times. And then he, he led us into the the airplane analogy, yeah. you know, that, the headwind, tailwind, and we're constantly flying our our, our financial airplane into this headwind of of interest and, and and money and payments that are going out the door yeah. well by implementing this process the way that you're you're talking about we can shift that over time where now we've got a tailwind where that payment stream that used to walk and flow away from us that 24 percent of energy that we we are working for someone else we now have that energy and that flow of it coming back towards our family's system that we can now repurpose and reuse that capital for all the other things that we want to do in life and yeah. be able to transition it to the yeah. next generation. What a yeah. powerful observation. I, I love it. What a great, great, great. We got to come up with a drawing to look at what you just did. <laughs> we'll start thinking on that. You know, I'll, yeah, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent correct on that. You know, if we really want to empower our family with wealth and money and we focus on the time value of money well it just makes sense to control the banking function so that you can actually control that and enhancing whatever you want to enhance for your family for family wealth but it starts with us it starts today you know how much time and effort do we have with this unlimited time <laughs> and maximize that optimize that so that you're 100 percent working for the betterment of your own family and folks that are depending on you not anybody else so <laughs> It, the other thing that this really ties to for me, Sarbo, that comes up, what really popped into my head, uh, I actually was on a conversation earlier this morning about this, and it's something that Jason's asked on the podcast a couple of times, but it's like, hey, look, we both, co we, you know, Sarbo, you and I, we co-own uh, a grocery store. And um, the moment that my wife, not to pick up my wife, because I hope she's not listening to this, she goes and starts to go, she, she goes and buys something at Superstore or Safeway or wherever she wants to go, and she's not buying it from our store, I'm going to guess that you and your wife are going to be pretty upset about that situation. Oh, yeah. Because money is leaving our our business environment where it could be coming back in to go buy more inventory to put on the shelves for all the other consumers of our store. 
And when we have 24% of our energy disappearing to go feed someone else's grocery store, the moment we can redirect that back into our system and we are now in a mutual relationship with everyone else that is a part owner of that grocery store. So the, the, the mutual insurance vehicle that we're talking about for this process of becoming a banker, we're now all cohesively working to the betterment of mutual profitability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that is such a powerful uh, teaching moment to understand that the, the financial energy that you're able to redirect away from someone else's system and change that so it's being added to, to your system, you immediately improve your financial situation. And Sarblo, you can, you can attest to this. I mean, you're speaking with the general public every single day, people from all across Canada who are reaching out, they're excited, they're on their journey of discovering this process. And what are some of the, the common things that come up for you when you're explaining the time value of the banking function? What are some of the reactions that you get from the general public? Well, there's a lot of aha moments, Jason. And, you know, one of the things that people, so again, you know, I always tell them, take the time to educate yourselves on the essence of the process of becoming a banker. And they're like, can I get, can I get some resources? So it's like, yeah, absolutely. Here's one resource. And there's other resources, Wealth Without the Bay Street podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and once you understand it, you know exactly what to do. And then they come to me, they're like, okay, can you sit with me and look at my financial picture. Um, I need, I said, yeah, we need to understand where you are in your life journey and where you need to go in your life journey. So the current state and the desired state, once we have a clear understanding on all this, then we can design the bank for you that'll get you to where you want to be. And, uh, and then like, let's, it, like Nelson said, I mean, we're not talking about a, you know, a bank in the conventional sense of the word. We're talking about, and you clarified it so well, we're talking about the function yeah. because someone has to perform it. So good. So good. The time value. What is the time value of the banking function? Ask yourself this question. When is the last time that you thought about, so right before you decided to purchase something, when was the last time you asked yourself that question? hey, I'm thinking about going out to buy that set of appliances. But before we do that, dear, maybe we should find out what the time value of the banking function is. Nobody does that. What are people thinking about? Do I have one of two things? One of three things. Do I have enough cash saved up to purchase those appliances or whatever it is that you're thinking of buying? Do I have a good enough credit score to qualify to finance it or do I have enough balance credit limit available on a credit card to make the purchase but nobody's sitting down and saying okay if we pay cash for it I wonder how much interest are we going to give up the opportunity to earn for the rest of our lifetime and every generation that comes after us if we make even just this one purchase using our own cash to buy that fridge and that stove. If we have to qualify to get it financed, 
every payment that we're making is a deposit into someone else's banking system. We're transferring financial energy away from our family and adding that energy to someone else's system. If I swipe the credit card, well, now I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to feel when I get the credit card statement the next month and I see that it's going to take me 127 years and six months to pay off the balance if all I do is make the minimum payments? The time is going to go by in your life and there won't be a single moment of time where you are able to transact something without money flowing from one supply source to another in a very short time frame. Otherwise, the transaction doesn't happen. Those narrow-minded folks won't do business with you. <laughs> no sense of humor at all. Right? No sense of humor at all. And so what Sardlow's describing is incredibly powerful. The time value, the time value applies to any financial decision that you're making. But yet nobody's talking about that. The most common thing that people are focused on is rates. And that's exactly where the bankers want you. That's where they want your thinking to be. You've been duped. You heard it right here on Wealth Without Bay Street. You, you have been duped because you're focused on rates. You're not focused on redirecting that, that same rate or more back to your own system and immediately improving your financial situation. Someone has to perform that function of banking in your life and it should be you. We cannot emphasize that enough. Well, and there's something else, Sarblo, that comes up for me based on this, this thought process that you've kind of isolated for us. And, you know, we have individuals, there's, there's people that have, you know, debts to some other third party pile of money, you know, they're, their regular bank or whoever it is. And then, and then there's the ones that, you know, again, we, we have a lot of people who are cash buyers and they, they're really adverse to debt and debt's bad, debt's bad, debt's bad. And good, bad, or otherwise, it just is. It's, it's just, it just is. Yep. And what we don't really recognize is when you're paying cash for things, we often don't, we can't, our brain doesn't necessarily see because we're not trained to see what are we giving up by doing that. So the finance, everything you buy, sometimes, that's a great statement, but we have to actually think it through. And so as an example, I did this earlier today, again, on a call kind of at random, it was a $6,000 amount of money. And I said, you know, it was for something coming up and like, well, if you, if you put that $6,000 into this thing, let's use the appliances that Jason was talking about a minute ago. Well, over the next 40 years, this is a 35 year old gentleman that worked out to, uh, to like 28,800 bucks uh -huh. in, in lost opportunity. At, at that one, that one transaction over a 40 year time frame at about 4%. So that, so what are we giving up? Well, 28 minus the $6,000 is still 22,000, right? So we would have got our, had our six still available. Plus we lost 22,000 of potential over that time frame, And that doesn't include when you set it up through the, 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 the structure that we're talking about also the additional tax-free benefit the day that someone leaves planet earth. Because I don't know about you guys, last time you looked on the back of your net server, did you have a, a stamp on there that said your best before date? Well, and the other thing too, Rich, I mean, you can sell the appliances if you lose a loved one, but the proceeds will be nowhere near what the death benefit proceeds would be 
on the insurance policy. Well, plus if it's your if it's your washing machine and your dryer, I mean, it's going to be pretty pretty tough to you know have clean clothes for a while. <laughs> so it's it's still not really solving any problems. Right. And so you can get you can get all of that done in the same method by just changing where you put the money. That's all we're doing. We're just redirecting where the money goes. And then who's going to keep more of it? <laughs> it should be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Richard, on that note also, so $28,000 is what the lost opportunity is now. How much time do you have to go work or spend to work and earn that $28,000 back? What's the calculation on that? Oh, yeah, that dude, Sarbo, that's so, so powerful. Such a good question. Like, it, Sarbo, can you say that again exactly the way you just said it? Absolutely. So we spend cash in Richard's example, $6,000, and that cash could have been earning him 4% in Richard's example. Mm -hmm. And over the last 40 years, that cost of loss opportunity, because once he spends the cash, the money is gone forever. He cannot earn interest on it. it that cost of loss opportunity is $28,000. Now, if that person is worth... $25 an hour, <laughs> how much time does he have to go work to make that $28,000 back? 1,120 hours. <laughs> Not including the fact that you can tack on some more on there for the tax man. Yes. Well, this is just gr gr gross, not uh, net. Yeah. So to net 28,000, it's like you got to work another year to make up for that one transaction. And, and who are you working for? The bankers. So we, we would suggest to everybody, stop working your butt off for someone else's bank. Well, and I think what, what's kind of fun with that is, you know, it takes my brain to thinking about, uh, you know, all, all everyone's talking about it. And I've been, I've been saying it a lot too, is really popular language nowadays is the side hustle. And what's, you know, what's your side hustle? And what is that? Like, uh, you know, it's just, it's just people looking for other avenues to go and create, create extra income sources. Hmm. Which is which is good, and what that means is it's showing motivation. It's showing people are willing to do extra to go and earn and, and do things. So it's great, and a lot of people have great side hustles that are working for them really, really well. And if you don't have one of those, you should maybe start researching where to get one. But we have we have people and clients that are actively pursuing and generating new revenue streams on these kind of quote unquote side hustles, mm -hmm. and they're using that to go and, in you know. Uh, go and add to the size of their family banking system. They're using that money rather than rather than losing that potential. They're putting it to work in another financially beneficial area of their life, mm -hmm. so they can multitask the money. And you know, so it's 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 just such a the reason they're able to do that though is because of their thinking. They're thinking about I recognize if I just have this money disappear again, it's gone forever. Yeah. Whereas if I now use that to go and increase the size of the family system. I'm creating more wealth potential on all aspects of my life yeah. by making that decision. And I'm conquering Parkinson's law, which is something that Nelson talks a lot about in his book. So, you know, Parkinson's law, a couple of basic principles is that a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. Well, if you're, you know, we're, the time of our recording this, we're near the end of January, 2021, and there's a bit of a cold snap happening in Edmonton. I myself, it's green grass <laughs> outside. But uh, oh, you know, I've been hearing. From, <laughs> I've been hearing from several people. It's pretty chill out there, and it's like so. So I, you're not I know. In, you're not in Chilliwack. You're in Chilliwarm. <laughs> Chilliwarm, <laughs> BC. 
there is a, there's these beautiful things that we have in our car these days are pretty standard, at least in Canada that you got those, you got those seat warmers, you know, now they have the, the steering wheel warmers. And it's like, once you get used to having that, it's really difficult to go buy a vehicle that doesn't have it. Like same idea you have, we used to have, you know, I'm sure you guys remember having a crank roll up window. I haven't used one of those in a really long time. I don't think, I don't even know if they make vehicles that have those anymore. So that's a luxury that once enjoyed becomes a necessity. And in our financial life, another principle around Parkinson's law is that expenses rise to equal income. Well, if we're not managing that and thinking about it and being prepared on how to how to how to take control of that situation, that's what happens for so many people. And we're we're just we're just constantly having the money flow away. Whereas if we say, okay, look, let's take this extra raise or this extra amount of income and let's properly apply it. Let's make it part of our regular monthly or biweekly you know, not expense, but like redirection of money into something that we can control. And then you're conquering that environment that Nelson talked about. And that's, that's not about an insurance policy or about, it's all about what's going on in between our ears, that squishy mass of our brain that determines how are we going to think about the flow of money in our life? Well, and going back to the whole rates thing, what is the rate of return? What is the rate of return of what? What's the rate of return of your time? Getting your time. Yeah. It's irreplaceable. It's the most important investment you can make. And and the the again, the, the predominance. Oh, thank you. Uh, I don't know who that is, but I think it's um Oh, that was you know what that was? That was my phone. S- Siri, Siri wanted to chime in on a conversation today. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, hey, Siri, can you say that Sarblo Gill is awesome? Who do you want to send it to? <laughs> Sarblo Gill. Your message to Sarblo says Sarblo Gill is awesome. Ready to send it? Send. Okay, it's sent. Oh, okay, here, let's do this. Hey, Siri, what is the time value of the banking function? Okay, I found this on the web for what is the time value of the banking function. Check it out. And it's and it <laughs> reads, quick. tune in to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast <laughs> on Sarblo Gill. That talks about, how does Siri know that? <laughs> All right, hey, we can have a little fun. I love how we have uh, we, we had a, a a sudden guest a guest uh, contributor to the episode today. <laughs> well, we should have uh, we should have Siri on the podcast. It you know actually that could be a very interesting. We could have some pre planned questions and just like see what Siri has to say. That would actually be really no fun other episode. podcast interview on the planet has ever interviewed Siri. I bet you. Well, <laughs> so for, for 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 any of the any of the folks tuning in, I'm sure you've listened to a number of other podcasts. Uh, we would love to hear your comments on what on what questions you would want us to ask Siri <laughs> on a future episode. <laughs> all right, all right. So Sarblo, talk to us talk to us a little more about this because it you know the way that the way that you articulate it is very very easy to understand. It's really easy to grasp because once a person again once they understand that you know of course every decision that you make with money is a financing decision, whether you're using your own cash or applying to access someone else's, there's always a financing decision involved. So maybe could you, what's the popular buzzwords on, uh, can we hang out with the guys on Bay Street if we say, 
Sarblo, could you unpack that a little bit more for us? That's a $5 phrase. We can hang out with the, um, the big wigs there, the hedge fund, the hedge fund managers, uh, out on Bay Street, if we use that word. Could you unpack that for us, Sarblo, a little bit more? I think what those guys are unpacking is your wallet, though. <laughs> <laughs> and and using the money to go to GameStop and buy some stuff. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Well, well Jason, one of the phrases that you, you share with us all the, all the time in, in our special Learn with Jay <laughs> session mm-hmm. is the problem is not the problem. The problem is how we think about the problem. That's Dan Sullivan right there. Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. And if everybody's like, you know, I want to have more wealth. I want to have this. Well, they, they have the right problem in their mind. They, they, they want to work towards it. Are they really thinking about the problem the right way? Mm. I want to have more money so I can grow it because I understand time value of money. Well, to do that, don't you need money? And how can you get more money? Well, follow the money. Where is your money going? Who's getting it today? And what can you do today to keep it and reuse it and grow it and do wonders, wonderful things with it? I love that. That is really powerful. In Nelson's book, Sarblo, um, I don't recall what page it's on because my my back, I threw my back out and my book is on the floor, so I'm not going to reach down and grab it right now. But uh, N- Nelson, he talks about how uh, serious introspection must occur and you have to reevaluate in order to, to take on this process and to embrace it. Yeah, it starts with reevaluating where, where are you spending all your resources because everyone is already spending all financial resources on that which they think is best. Now that we've challenged your thinking, we need to re, you know reset that. That's page uh, 65 of R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Sarblo, what else would you share with listeners about the time value of the banking function? What else I would share is educate yourself on a function that you're spending the most of your time in a year. If you're spending 24 to 30% of your time doing that, I think it's worth the time to understand it and control it. Mm. But it all begins with you. That is so good. So good. Rich, anything uh, that you'd like to impart on listeners before we wrap up this? Amazing episode. In you know, they they have a, what do they call it? Tax Freedom Day, I think, which is like what day in the year, the calendar year, have you finally like stopped working for all the taxes that you're going to pay in the year and you're actually now earning for yourself? I think it's like moved up to like June 10th or something. Like it's more than half of the year you basically spend kind of, kind of paying for taxes, et cetera. And so considering the longevity, the the long-term thinking that Nelson's imparted on us, because, you know, rule number one is you got to think long range. We can't get rid of all the taxes that you're going to pay this year or, or, or today, but there's a lot more taxes that you haven't seen yet that are to come. And often for most families, for many people, the year that they part ways with the most tax dollars is the year that they leave planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know it. Every single thing that you own is considered sold on the day that you walk off planet Earth. 
you know, it, it's not, Earth is not flat, by the way. It's pretty hard to walk off of it. But um, if people so they, if people really think that the Earth is flat, then what do they have to say about the Moon or Mars or? Uh, I'm just wondering. I don't, I, I don't think that logic is going to work. That requires too much logic, Jay. So, and and Nelson said that uh, becoming your own banker is an exercise in reason, imagination, logic, and prophecy. That's right. And so, circling back to the tax bill, with the day that you you know the the year that you pass away, all of your assets are considered sold on that day. So, if you own a bunch of investment real estate, or you own whatever stamp and art collections and any number of these other things, you have a bunch of money in registered accounts like RSPs, et cetera. Well, all that, yeah, you might be able to roll it over to your spouse one time. All that does is pass the buck forward. Then the event is still going to happen just a couple of years later. And so what happens for a lot of families is that you're, you're gone, but the family's left to deal with everything and they have to file that final, final tax bill within six months and then they have like, they're on the floor. Someone's got to pick them off on the floor from the sticker shock of what the final tax bill is. So you spend a lifetime working. You spend a lifetime putting in that time, that several term of that time value to be in a position where you leave and half of what you spend a lifetime building and trying to leave behind has to go to, to, to the, the government, the tax man, for them to choose how to spend it versus you determining how you want it to be spent when you go. When you have this insurance in place, it's actually going to be there when you pass away. And it's constantly rising because of its design. Tax-free money shows up, liquidity, when you most need it, when your family needs it most, so that they have the time to take the necessary you know, grieving process that's required. They don't have to make rash decisions. They don't need to be selling off assets at a discounted price to raise the money just to pay the tax man off. And they are in a far better financial position because you've put the steps in place today to make sure that you're tackling that event that will take place. And so just being aware of that alone, the knowledge that, hey, look, the year I leave planet Earth is the most, a big fat chunk of my money is going to be considered as income. And I'm going to have to pay the biggest tax bill I've ever had to deal with my entire life. What can I do today to make sure that that event is controlled for the benefit of my family. And if you start thinking about that, all of your actions will start to change to reflect the outcome you want to achieve. As the late Ben Feldman would often say, the best definition of an investment is one that pays the most when it's needed the most. Mm. Sarblo, we loved having you on with us yet again. And if you're open to it, We'll have you back. Sarblo, any parting, any parting words for the Wealth Without Bay Street listeners? I just want to thank uh, you, Jason and Richard, for inviting me again. And I look forward to future episodes together. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. And yeah, like keep watching, keep educating yourself. And when you know what the problem is, the solution will become clear. So. And there you have it from Sarblo Gill. Thank- Thanks, Sarblo. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.